This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. See, you know when I walk out here, you are looking at what we have come to know as championship material. All right, what's going on, everyone? How you doing? Episode 271, Talk to Buffalo Podcast. Big thank you, as always, everyone out there listening, downloading, supporting the show. If you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Rate and review, all that fun stuff. It takes just like a couple seconds to do, and it really helps me continue to grow this podcast a lot. Uh, Got a fun new segment I'm going to debut today, and to help me, I'm going to have my recurring guest, my always level-headed, very mild-spoken good buddy of mine, Joe from New York City. Buffalo wins on Twitter. What's going on, dude? What the hell does mild-spoken mean? That means you're very mildly spoken. You're not, uh, you're very polite. You never swear. You never get angry. Oh, you're, I think you're lying. You, ne- you, never bl- you never blow a fuse or anything like that on this podcast or on Twitter. Yeah, okay. Any of that stuff. Yeah, you 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 got me completely. You you know everything about me. Yes, it's, it's exactly me. Very good, Pat. Finally, finally, you see the light. How you doing, man? And like, listen, I'm gonna let people know this right off the top. Like I said, we're gonna do a new segment today. I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, we might have a little bit of political talk, but we're definitely gonna save that for the back half of this show today. But aside from being angry with specific politicians and maybe some policies. Outside of that, how you doing? Good, man. You know, just uh, working. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's it. Working, hanging out with my lady, uh, watching the news, watching Twitter, getting fat. I think maybe I'm not sure. Haven't weighed myself, but you know, you know, everything's going well. You're getting some of that relationship weight, man. You get you get a girl, you get nice and comfortable, and yeah, next thing you know, you've put on five to eight pounds. You don't even realize it. You know, it's funny because I was talking to her about going to the gym because I'm a I'm a gym member, and there's a gym around the corner from me that I've been a member. And, of. You, and you like to walk a lot too, right? Yeah, I like to do a lot of walking. Yeah, so the, but like the gyms around the corner for me, and you know, I used to. I've I've been known to lift the weights a few times, uh, but not not as much. And you know, I told her like, you know, I want to go to the gym, back to the gym, and she's like, no, you know, I like how you know, because of COVID, blah blah blah. I like how you are, and I'm like, all right, then fuck it, I don't need to go to the gym that. <laughs> like, you know, I'm good with that. That's all you gotta tell me. Like, I'm not going, I'm not going to the gym for like, you know, for fun. I'm going there to look good, but like, okay, I'm like, sure, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I, I do try to eat well and not drink as much. You know, uh, we went to Rhode Island last week and uh, the two of us, we did a little getaway. And, you know, we definitely ate our, our full of fish and, and booze and, 
everything. And of course, we socially distanced and we, we we ate outside primarily or all every place we ate outside, like because the weather was beautiful. You know, there it was like in the sixties. But uh, yeah, you know, you're right. This is I kind of envisioned this to happen when you when you get that girlfriend. That yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna put on a little weight, but again, I don't know because I'm working from home. My jeans are like I don't know if you have these jeans, Pat, because you you strike me as someone who hasn't bought a pair of jeans in ten years, probably. But uh, you're spot on. Yes, I, exactly. <laughs> okay, so there's these these stretch jeans that I got from Express, and they stretch basically. And so I have a pretty small waist torso, like I have like a thirty. Like, not that super small, but like a 34, 33-inch 30, waist. But I have, like, a pretty big stomach or whatever the fuck. And, like, you know, pretty big, I don't know, quads probably. There's some fat on me, but there's some thin on me too. But anyways, these these jeans are jeans and they stretch, basically. So, like, they look really thin on me, but, like, they're stretch jeans. So, like, as long as they fit around your waist, you can you can fucking have, like like, the biggest quads in the world and they'll stretch out. And they have these on Express. And I had bought them, uh, I think, about a month or so ago. I went jean shopping because I had to buy some jeans. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. So, anyways, yeah, you should I'm, – I'm sure if you when you go and, you know, I know you, you probably get your Wranglers at Kmart and all that sort of stuff. But in, in case you want to, go to go to Express. And there you go, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think right now. I swear to you, man, I don't remember the last time I've even bought a pair of jeans. I pretty much – for legs, I got like three outfits. I got gym shorts. Mm-hmm. I got casual shorts because down here, you know, you can wear shorts most of the time. And when it does get chilly, which is starting to happen a little bit now, we were talking about this mm-hmm. before we started taping. It's starting to be that time of year. It's a role reversal of New York where it's actually starting to get good here. It's getting comfortable where you can, you know, start to wear some stuff. But anyway, my point was, is I, I wear sweatpants, man. I The only time I ever wear jeans pretty much is when I go back up to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I got like one or two pairs and I wear them. Like literally all the time, but yeah, not a jeans guy. And I've also, by the way, I've been trying to diet. And the biggest thing I have for me, like when I start dieting, everyone's always said, you got to drink a lot of water. Like that's very big. And that's probably my biggest mistake on a day. It's not like I eat this insane amount of food and stuff like that. It's that I drink like a two liter of Pepsi or not Pepsi. I drink it like a two liter of like Coke zero or Pepsi max zero, whatever you want to call it. A day, like it's sugar free stuff, but I drink like a two liter of a day. So anyway, that shit's not good for you, bro. Like no, it's definitely soda. It's definitely not. Nope, nope. nope. So I've been drinking water. Good. And the downside is, like I have this thirty two ounce bottle, and I've been drinking two to three of these at least a day. But I go to the bathroom. Like right now, we started this. I might have to pause this at some point just so I can go take a piss right now. Well, I can talk for a while, so yeah, you don't tell me. (laughs) Uh, You can, but anyway, so you know. What's your, like your diet kryptonite? Because like I said, right now I'm sort of on a diet. In fact, not sort of. I am because I'm going back home for the holidays for a month. I want to slim down, at least lose, you know, a couple pounds here and there. But sometimes there's just things that are hard to avoid. Like when you are trying, I'm not saying that you really are right now. You kind of hit on it a little bit. But if you're on like a diet and like you really are trying to lose weight, like what's your kryptonite to you? Like what's the thing that you have that's probably the hardest to avoid that's not good for you? booze yeah that's that's the hardest because look i'm like you and i'm sorry i I don't mean to bust your balls 10 times already within the first five minutes of this podcast but unlike you 
I don't drink like Miller High Life or any of that shitty beer or whatever. <laughs> you probably drink that only has like 110 calories. I like like the cool people love craft beer. Craft beer is not good for you. There's a ton of calories in it. There's a lot of hops. There's a lot of shit in it. It's just a lot of sugar. And I love very carby. Yes. And I love my beer. So that's kind of hard for me to give up because if I give that up, then what do I drink? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to drink, what, a scotch? It's going to take me like an hour to drink. Or I'm going to drink like a vodka and like soda. That's boring. It's like, what the fuck am I doing this for except to like get messed up, which is not what I'm trying to do. Like, you know, I'm trying to watch like a movie with my lady or I'm trying just to do some work and have a beer with me. That's hard for me to get rid of is, is like booze, like sugary booze. That's very uh, – that's probably my soda to you maybe. Um, yeah. In terms of actual food items, you know, it's not that I, – I can kind of control my food fetish. I don't really eat that much fried food. I'm a chicken and turkey kind of guy, so I don't really eat too much red meat. Um, I do eat bread probably a little bit too much. I mean maybe not a lot, but, you know, I, I have like – Two like I have round rolls in my house, so like I have rolls. So like this morning, I I have like a egg white sandwich with like tomatoes, peppers, some turkey sausage, some hot sauce, and I put it on a roll. And then today for lunch, I had a turkey burger that I put on a roll. So I don't know if these rolls like how much bread is bad for you, like you because you know I, I'm pretty sure if you cut off carbs, you lose a ton of weight. That's all. That's all the rave you hear people say like the cat. Whatever the fuck the, the keto diet, I think that's called, or whatever. Keto, 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 keto. Yeah, it works short term for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, carbs. I think you just get rid of those. You know, that's where you'll lose a lot of weight. But for me, it's the booze and it's bread. I could probably get rid of bread, booze. Like I said, it's a little tougher, especially like you know, you're you 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 know, you're with your girl. You want to go out to drink and have, you know, to watch watch a movie while you're drinking something. You know, that's what couples do. They drink which I'm sure you know yeah. that. So for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I think this is kind of interesting because this is the time of year where there's actually a lot of people out there that are either already have started or they're getting ready to start trying to drop a couple of pounds because everybody goes nuts with eating and drinking around the holidays and packs on the weight. And then they go back to, you know, joining the gym and well, in a normal world anyway, after new years and they hold on to that forever long. Mine is so I have this when I am like right now I'm trying to diet and I kind of track my shit. Like I try to limit myself to like 1700 calories a day. Mm-hmm. I try to walk 10 to 12,000 steps a day. I can't run cause I got COPD. So I can only walk. Like I can't go on a treadmill and run. Mm-hmm. I have to walk. So I walk 10 to 12,000 and I try to drink now about 65 to 80 ounces of water. And I try to limit myself to about 70 carbs a day. No more than that. But anyway, besides donuts, that's my big thing. But Fancy, these fancy fucking coffee creamers. That's my big kryptonite. I have mm. some in the house, like Oreo flavored international delight coffee cream. Instead of just a regular half and half, with maybe a tiny bit of sugar or nothing in there, mm. I have these cups of these fancy coffee creamers that have like 15 grams of sugar, 15 grams of, you know, of carbs when you, uh, when you have a regular 12 ounce cup or whatever. So that's what the shit that kills me. Yeah. I, I only have, I, I don't really add sugar to my coffee. So it's uh, usually or creamer, or creamer. I just have skim milk. That's it. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Now, I, see, I could do, I could do straight half and half with no sugar at all. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like the coffee to me. I think we've had this conversation before maybe, but coffee to me, look, it's just fuel. So I don't need it to taste good. 
I'm drinking it just to fucking wake my ass up. So if it's shitty, <laughs> I'll wake up. For, I'll, if it's shitty, I'll take it. If it's shitty with sugar, I'm not going to take it because it's like, why do I have sugar in here? It's going to make it It's not good for you. So, yeah. But anyway, I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, so one more thing I want to hit on too, and then I'm obviously going to get into today. Like I said, a, a new segment. Mm-hmm. So I'm down here and you know how much I, not just on this podcast, but on you, you're, we're friends on Facebook. I tweet about it sometimes. You know how much I've enjoyed watching my son play high school football and just playing football and how much that's meant to me. Well, this episode's dropping now. People are hopefully listening to this sometime on Friday morning or afternoon. And tonight might be, uh, you know, the reality setting in. There's a good chance that Friday night I'm going to be watching my son play his last high school football game ever. Wow. Um, what? See, and here's the thing, and I don't want to get too much into it. Let me preface this by saying this too. I un- I'm grateful, okay? I understand how grateful I am and how grateful I should be that I'm in Florida right now where my son's even getting an opportunity to play any high school sport because I know in many parts of the country, New York especially, that kids aren't even getting that chance. Who knows if they're going to get to play later on this year or at all. A lot of these seniors, you know what I mean? They might they might not get to play again. So I'm very grateful and I understand that. But basically down here, which everyone knows high school football in Florida is so big, there's a, a system, an RPI system for ranking And basically what that does is kind of like college football in a way. It rewards teams that play hard schedules and it penalizes teams that play cupcake schedules. And the school that my kid goes to always plays one of the toughest schedules in the state. And they would have won their district this year. They beat the two teams in their district that they always battle with. And in a normal year, they would have won the district. They would have been at home and had a favorable route to at least get into the regional finals. Well, this year, because of COVID, and some schools and some counties started playing before others because there were different mandates in different counties. Not every school has played the same amount of games. And COVID's wiped out some games. So they basically, if you ever play like, um, well, whether it's pool or whether it's darts where you go, you go to a blind draw tournament and, you know, you draw brackets pretty much out of a hat. And that's how it is. Well, that's how it is with high school football down here in Florida this year. It was a blind draw. Your record, the program meant nothing. And where you land is where you land. Like this team is playing this team in this bracket and this team's a home game and it all goes by blind draw. So despite having a good team and earning a good seed in home field, uh, they got screwed and they're on the road and they're playing tomorrow against one of the very best teams in the state. They got like three SEC D1 players on their team, all kinds of other talent, but uh, they're, they're pretty heavy underdogs. So, they're probably going to get beat and it sucks. And again, I'm, I know I sound a little bit bitter about the way they're doing it down here in Florida. I'm just grateful that he's even had a chance to play, but it sucks because they should have had another game or two before they even would have had to play this team, which, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, you're going to have to beat them sooner or later. True. But for these high school kids that are trying to put film out there for college coaches and stuff like that, an extra one or two games is, is big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it's just, the reality, I've been really emotional this week, so to speak, because I know there's a good chance that, you know, after watching them play football from Little Loop at six years old in Lackawanna, West Seneca and the West Side, and now down here in Florida that it's all it's coming to an end, man. Shit goes by fast, bro. And, you know, people who raise kids, they already know this. And people who have young kids, I promise you, you're going to find out before you know it how fast when you have kids and they start playing sports, how quick it goes. Next thing you know, they're 
graduating high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I that's. I mean, at least you got to see the whole journey since six. It, he's going to college. Absolutely. He's going to college to play football, though, right? You've tweeted that. Yes, right? yes. Knock on wood. God willing, he does have offers, and he should have more. I don't want. There's a couple schools. In fact, we're going to Buffalo for Christmas, and on our way there, he's got two official visits lined up with two schools. Pretty prominent D two programs. Good small school program. So, yeah, God willing, it's not the last time I'm ever going to see him play football. But, again, it's just, you know, college is just different. Uh, to me, high school is like a continuation of Little Loop, to me. So, it's just, I've been thinking about the last 11 years. Like I said, I'm homesick. I've said this many times. I miss Buffalo. And I think about him playing for five years in Lackawanna and playing a couple of years at West Seneca, playing a year for the West Side. Just being a kid, you know, and how fast it goes, bro. Yeah. How fast it goes. It's just... uh it's crazy. And like I said, people who have kids, they've been through it. They know. And those who don't yet or have young ones, they're going to find out really soon. But anyway, yeah. it's just uh, I was just that kind of weekend. I was just thinking that, you know, he's got those, you know, colleges knocking on his door. I'm just wondering, like, as a joke, like, are, are the recruiters like, oh, we got to pay this guy off. And they look into until your background, Pat. And they're like, we, we got we to gotta get this guy some chicken wings and, like, hot sauce and some vinyl. And you could, we got to give it to him. And you, you're you going to be like, son, you're going to this school. I don't care. They got unlimited. Like, they're carting in unlimited wings for you or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to say, too, and again, I need to keep saying how grateful I am, but. Like they're even the recruiting this year all over the country is completely different. Back in the day, a school really liked you. They call you up, they talk to you on the phone, they bring the, they come down to see you or they bring you on the campus. You have an official visit and you go to a Saturday football game, you get to be on the field. It's awesome. Obviously with COVID, none of that shit's happening now. Now it's Zoom calls and stuff like that. Sure. Like my kids probably made more Zoom phone calls in the last two or three months than I think I ever have in my life. But again, you know. It, it is what it is, but I just, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just really full of, uh, emotional. No, but anyway, yeah, well, Hey, you know, yeah. you got, you, you, they'll have, you know, your kids will have kids soon and, and you can go there and be the grandfather. There you go, buddy. Yeah. It's been a fun ride. And you know, yeah. maybe when it's all over, which again, there's I think they're like the newspaper had them as 16 point underdogs or some mm-hmm. shit like that. But you know, when it's over, I'm sure at some point I'll reflect indulgingly on this podcast about sure. How proud I am. But anyway, I, w- I want to move on. So I got a new segment to debut right here. We're going to call it, it's yay or nay. And basically, I'm going to read you a statement or a take, whatever you want to call it. And then I'm going to ask you if you agree with said statement. And if you do, it's a yay. And if you don't, it's a it's a nay. And then we'll discuss them. Pretty self-explanatory. Even the simpletons out there could get that. So you're good to go. So, and it's mainly Bill's. But I got some other stuff thrown in there as well. So are you good to go? Sure, yeah. All right, so let's start. First statement. The Bills' stunning last-second loss to Arizona will linger for the rest of the season and eventually come back to haunt them. Yay or nay? That's so. That's such a death-nail death yay or nay there, man. I'm going to say nay. It's not going to haunt them. No. It's not going to okay. haunt them. Well, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I would say nay, too. I don't think it's going to haunt them, but... I do think it's going to re- remain annoying because among other reasons, it definitely, it keeps Miami on the mouse and the, the lips of everybody right now, because come Sunday night, the bills are off this week and Miami's playing at Denver, which they definitely should win. They're going to be tied with the bills at seven and three. And then they play 
I think the Jets and Cincy after that over two weeks. So Miami's probably going to be nine and three. And this game was an opportunity. I'm talking about the Bills game to stay up a game and a half on them, you know? So it was definitely a a missed opportunity, but coming back to haunt them, I don't really see a scenario where it haunts them. Now, do you think that the veteran leadership on this team and Sean McDermott as a head coach, do you attribute that to a big reason why? Like, let me ask you this. If Rex Ryan was the head coach, and this was a couple of years ago, and they lose that kind of game, then you think it lingers and comes back to haunt them? Man, I, excuse me, sorry. I I don't think so either way. You know, it's just kind of like when we when we talk about losses that like, oh, my God, this loss haunted them for the rest of the season. We've watched a lot of bad Bills teams, right, over the last 18 years. Can you think of a game aside from like like that happened midway through the season that like really haunted them? And I guess there's two ways you can look at it. There's the haunted part where, okay, hey, they missed the playoffs because they lost that game. That's like a, a legit mm-hmm. haunted part, uh, part. I don't see it. In this way, they're making the playoffs, I feel. I think they're – I'm pretty positive they're going to win a division. I know Miami's hot right now, and, you know, they can, you know, catch them easily after this weekend coming up, which I'll be honest with you, man, I don't really care about the division, to be honest. I know that's crazy. Maybe that's blasphemy. But, like, just get in the playoffs. I have no – I, I, I just – I don't really care as much about playing a home game in the playoffs as – as I would in the past, because there's not going to be any fans there. I don't think there's much of a home field advantage, you know, yada, 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 because there's no fans there. But I digress. I I just think the other haunted part is what? Like the mental element? And that's where I ask you, like, what games over the years have we seen where, where like, something happened where, oh, they lost this game and they couldn't get over it? Like, throughout, like, forget Rex Ryan. Like, I'm talking, like, the Chan Gailey years, the Doug Marone years. You know, it, it, I don't think you I, – I think a fan maybe has that issue, but I don't think a team does. Yeah, that's a very fair point. I agree with most of what you said. I don't really agree with that winning the division doesn't mean nothing. I disagree with that because it gives you a home game. Now I know you'll come back and you'll partially write at the very least saying that, well, who gives a shit because there's fans will not be in the stadium. And you're 100% right about that. So I know that's where – you would come back with, and you'd be right, but I still think there's just a comfort of being at home, the familiarity and all that shit. So I do think it matters where I don't think it matters. And the reason why I don't like, and this is a point that you made that I fully agree with. I think it's a good point is I don't really think it matters in terms of the grand scheme of things. I still think the bills at the end of the day are going to win the division. Miami does end with a, with a tough month, including week 17 at Buffalo and Again, I just I, I think the Bills are gonna win a division. So ultimately it doesn't matter. They're not even if they won the game, I don't think there was any chance. The only way you get a bye is if you finish with the best record in the conference. Okay. And I don't think that's gonna happen between Pittsburgh and Kansas City. So I, I don't know. I don't think that's a big deal. Um where they finish third or fourth. Because if they win a division, they're guaranteed to finish no worse than fourth. It'll probably be them or either Tennessee or Indy in the AFC South for that third and fourth seed, but the home game means something. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to ma- matter much unless they let it bother them. Well, what were you going to say? No, I was going to go back to what you said about the division, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own yay or nay right here. doesn't matter if the Bills win the division. Nay. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't. It's not just about the whole, like, okay, like the fans aren't going to be there. 
and that's that's kind of why I don't really I'm pretty ambivalent about it. You could sit there, Pat, and talk about like routine and it's your home. We're going through a pandemic right now. We're like no one has a routine that's good right now. You know what I mean? It's not like these players can go to like to the restaurants right now and hang out in Buffalo and have a team bonding experience. I don't even think they're allowed to. I could be wrong. You know, like they, they can't have a Jim Kelly type like you know party pregame party beforehand. I'm assuming they can't. And the other thing, and here's the key thing to me, Pat, this offense is geared to pass, right? This is a passing offense. Wouldn't you rather have the passing offense in Miami, we'll just say for devil's advocate's sake, where it's nice weather out, and you're, you're going to have fans there that are probably going to be more Bills fans than Dolphins fans. I would rather – I would take that nine out of ten times than have to have them play in Orchard Park in January – with the chance that the weather could suck, that McDermott and, Mc, and Bean might be, like, I should say Bean, but like McDermott and them might get conservative with the game get you know, game plan because they may say, hey, we got to run the football more instead of passing it, which we know running the football is not their forte anymore. It's passing it. So, yeah, so that's I'm, I'm throwing that audible in the A&A. You tell me, tell me why I'm wrong in that regard, sir. You know what? I'm going to concede something here, bro. I think you're 100% right with that. Yeah! I, I, I agree with you. Because if they're in Buffalo in January, the weather could be a, a big factor. And I'm looking at potential teams in the uh, in the playoffs. Now, if they were to go having to play at Baltimore or say at Cleveland, then that theory goes out the window. Sure. But you look at some of these other teams. I mean, Miami's in the thick of it. And obviously, if the Bills, you know, they would be on the road if Miami was the the divisional winner, that means the Bills didn't win it. So you got Miami in the mix. Um, Indianapolis or Tennessee. I mean, Indy's a dome. Tennessee, Nashville, the weather would be much better. So, and even, well, they probably wouldn't play the Vegas. Well, no, they wouldn't play Vegas because they're not going to win the division. But sure, they could end up playing Indy or Nashville on the road or Miami on the road. And the weather, is there's not going to be fast. Now, this wouldn't even be a debate. If you could put 70,000 into, sure. into the Ralph or the what a new air, whatever the hell it's going to be called, then it's obviously you're crazy if you say that you wouldn't rather be home. Agreed. But if it's going to be a new, if it's going to be a, a smattering of fans at most, you know, 10, 15%, 10, 15K at the most, I should say. Yeah. Then I'd rather have, give me the weather over the comfort of, of Orchard Park. So, yeah, you got me there. I, I, I'll concede that to you, man. That's a really good point. Yeah, thank you, man. I'm glad I, I, I tweeted that earlier this week. You must have missed that. But, like, yeah, I, I'm serious about it. Like, look, it would be – it'd be like, I'll take either one. But, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, it's not that big of a deal. Because, like, again, like, the home – the reason why you get the division is because you want that home field advantage. You want that autom- – and you want the automatic ticket into the playoffs. But because they're adding a second – another playoff team with the wild card – it doesn't really. It's. I don't think it's as, you know, as you know, as big of a deal. And I and I and yeah. I and I do worry about the weather because. And look, let me just because I've if you if if anyone's been keeping track of my hot takes on this podcast, I have talked about how like you know we shouldn't be so so concerned about weather because the quarterbacks can play well in cold weather, like you know Roethlisberger, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, yada yada. There's copious amounts of examples, but if it's windy. And it's raining, that's where you could have issues. Whereas if it's just cold and like 35, 30, let's say it's 27 degrees out and there's snow, you could still do well in that. But if it's windy, right. if it's windy and it's raining, 
that's when you have an issue. And the wind, I guess, is more of what I would worry about, you know, there. But I'd rather them fucking play in Miami, play in a dome. You'd have no freaking, especially what this team does well. They pass the ball. That's what they do. That's what they're doing now. And we've seen that the running game, you know, isn't that great as of right now. And I, I, I point to this, and we'll go on. My apologies. You know, the last when they played at their last home game, uh, or, pre, or the one before Seattle was the New England game. And from what I gathered, you know, the the weather there wasn't that bad when when it was windy. It wasn't that windy there. And what did they do? They had a very very ground and pound philosophy. Which hey, they got two hundred yards rushing or whatever they got, which is fine, but. They were pretty conservative about the run, and the weather wasn't even that bad when it came to the wind. At least that's what Sal Capaccio said. He said that the wind wasn't that bad that day. So, right. So anyway, that's my point. But anyway, let's go ahead. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, look, I don't want to play Kansas City or Pittsburgh. I don't care sure. if it's on the road or in Buffalo. I don't play them either way. But yeah, if I had to play Miami or either Indy or Nashville, even though they didn't play well in Nashville earlier this year, that was kind of a messed up week on a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. not knowing they were getting ready for two teams after that week. Yeah, I'd rather take my chances. Give me the weather over uh, over the stadium. All right, so let's move on. Here's the next one. If the season ended right now, Josh Allen is a top five finisher for NFL MVP. I'm going to say yay. I definitely yeah. feel he's, he's in the top five. I think it's Mahomes. It's Russell Wilson. Uh, it's, it's Josh Allen. That's three. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers. It's four. Yeah. And then maybe Murray, Murray, Murray. Yeah. Kyle Murray. Yeah. Five. The only one that you could say that could take him out. I know this is going to be kind of a dark horse. Uh, if, if they win a couple more games, cause they're on a little bit of a hot streak, Devin cook, he's been really good for Minnesota. Like he's been awesome for them. He's been there, their entire team that could break into yeah. the top five, but they're, they're three and five right now. And I'm not a big, I'm not a big proponent of awarding the MVP to teams that have like shitty records. I'm not, a, I'm not big yeah. on that. I think Dalvin Cook's the only non-quarterback on the offensive side of the ball that I would even entertain a discussion on. But yeah, Minnesota's four and five right now. They would have to finish really strong. I agree. I I would have them top five for sure. I think my order right now would probably be Mahomes, uh, Murray, Rodgers, Wilson, and then Josh Allen uh, fifth. I mean, right now, so as things stand, he's 10 games in. And Allen's thrown for 2,871 yards, which is first in the NFL. He's thrown for 21 touchdowns, which is sixth. Um, His QBR is 78.4, which is fifth in the NFL. He's also ran for 279 yards and five touchdowns. So he's on pace for just under 4,600 yards and 34 touchdowns. Seven interceptions. Two of them came on Sunday, of course. Not great. But you look at those numbers, and here's the funny thing, dude. We're talking about Josh Allen, and we came to an agreement. We both say yay for being a top five MVP. It was, what, a handful of months ago where I think the bigger conversation was, will the Bills exercise a 50-year option on Josh Allen? This is his make or break. You better prove it. And if he doesn't, we're going to start thinking maybe like the Chicago Bears thought with Mitch Trubinsky after last year. Mm-hmm. We It wasn't too, too long ago, not just me yeah. and you. Pretty much most of the narrative in Bill's conversations circled around that. Now the guys, if he's not a top five MVP guy, he's right on the cusp. Uh, Big Ben, I mean, maybe he, he's lurking. I mean, they are undefeated. Uh, maybe Alvin Kamara, the Saints end up getting the top seed. He's been great. Maybe even like Tom Brady, because Tampa's got, what, three losses. 
maybe if they finish 12 and four, Tom Brady, partially because of his play, partially because of his name will be up there. But yeah, and I like Dalvin Cook. That was a good one. But aside from that, it just, it's not really a question as much of a statement to you right now that I'm making, but it just, I'm shocked. I'm pleasantly shocked that when you take the July, August conversations about Josh Allen's potential future with the team, that we're talking about a guy who's right dead smack in the MVP mix. Yeah. Crazy to me. He's, yeah, he's been great. I mean, the, you know, the Allen stains can celebrate, you know, cause they were belligerent and annoying about him, but like, yeah, he's been great. He's proven everyone wrong. And it's, it's amazing to me just how much better he's gotten, you know, since day one to, you know, whatever, what is this? Like his 40th start maybe at this point. I don't know. But like, he's just, the progression has been outstanding. You it is hard pressed to find someone who, where he came from, like that, those first, you know, like 12, 13 starts to like what he is now. It's hard to find yeah. that type of quarterback who has made that much progress. You know, I, I can't really, yeah. there, there's not many guys. I, I can think of like Drew Brees, maybe like he wasn't very good in San Diego his first three years and he started a lot. And, you know, he's, he's obviously one of the greatest of all times now, but you know, there's there's not many that can do what Josh Allen did in terms of coming from where he was to what he is now. Because you know, a lot of people. This, this is those are like the facts. If you go by historical, like there there's not that day and night, at least like within like the last like ten years or so, where like you come in and you're shitty for like a time for a good, you know, ten games. And look, I'm sorry, like you know, I'll argue with anyone. Like Josh Allen's first sixteen starts were not very impressive. Uh, you know, I'll just say they just weren't. He had some okay games, but it was mostly meh. And a lot of it had to do with like you know people around him, blah blah blah. But look, he is a hundred times like go watch. I wish someone could like you know go and like compare his footage, his film from like those starts to now. You know, he's just evolved, and you know, there's you know he's a hell of a quarterback. You know, can't 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 discredit him, man. Well, let me say this, and I know this might sound weird, but I was more impressed with Josh Allen and that loss against Arizona on Sunday than I was in either of the weeks that he won AFC Offensive Player of the Week, which was the week before against Seattle and week two against Miami, where he threw for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. And here's why. Because he kind of stunk in the second half. He threw two really ugly interceptions. Frankly, he threw a couple passes that should have been intercepted. He could have easily had three, even four picks that game. But so many years post-Jim Kelly, I'm talking where we watched the Buffalo Bills team play and the quarterback was playing bad and the day just completely unraveled. You know, he just, that quarterback would go on a shelf for the rest of the day and it just got worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. What I love about this kid is I don't, he didn't play, he didn't, he didn't play horrible, but he was not playing anywhere near any MVP level. Say we can agree on that. But at the end of the game, when they needed to score, he was flawless. That pass he threw to Stephon Diggs for what should have been the game-winning touchdown, that was a perfect throw. 30-something yards in the air, perfect throw. He just let them down when they needed it. And I I was talking to Aaron Quinn a couple days ago about sort of the same thing. Jim Kelly's the first ballot Hall of Famer. and We all remember all the great stats and all the great games and all the great things he did. But older fans, people who have been around, you included, you remember Jim Kelly, a lot of times he kind of sucked for big chunks of the game. But then when the Bills needed to have that good five, six minutes to either win the game at the end or put a team away that was on the ropes, that's when Jim Kelly would make the plays a lot of times. And that's what I saw from Josh Allen, not just this game, but also earlier in the year against the Rams where he didn't play well, but he let him down to 
a game-winning drive at the end. Yeah. That, that, that impresses me about him. He's tough because, again, he could have willed under the pressure or just not playing well, but he did not do that. Yeah, no, he definitely has a flair for the dramatics when when adversity hits, and he's been really – he's been great in the fourth quarter. I don't – I don't have his numbers in front of me for the fourth quarter, but I'm sure they're they're you know astronomical, and that's what you get paid the big bucks for. So he's been good in the fourth quarter. He showed a lot in that game, as you said, uh, you know, with with going down the field and having the pressure to score, and you know, especially at the time when like you know the Bills' offense wasn't very good for that quarter and a half, or you know, or whatever it was. But uh, you know, I'm excited about him. Like, you know, it's 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 to it's to the point to where I, I often think about like let's just say in a horrific way, like the season ends with like the Bills collapsing. Like the, the like the defense allows a hundred points or something like that a game. Not a hundred, but let's just say they finish nine and seven and they miss the playoffs or something like that. If Josh Allen's still like maintaining this level of play, I'm gonna be like, you know what? It's it's a failure of a season, probably, but at least we have this. You know what I mean? As like the scapegoat, because that's that's the, that's the only way I would say that if like you missed the playoffs and you didn't like you collapse or something like this is if is if Josh Allen took that next step. It was it wouldn't be about Ed Oliver or if like Trey White got better or, uh, you know, whatever. Devin Singletary becomes like Ricky, Ricky Waters or something like that. It's how Josh Allen has progressed. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. All right. Next topic. Stefan Diggs is on track to be one of the Bills' best three trades ever. Ooh. Well, I... It's a tough one. I have to say this. The Bennett trade was great. The Jerry Hughes trade is great. And I think I'm going to say... I got one more in here, though. This might influence you. Go ahead. Which doesn't... A lot of people don't even remember this, but the Bills actually had Tom Cousineau as a player... And back in 1982, they traded him to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. And they got the, the 83 first, um, a second in 1984, and a third in 85. But anyway, that first-round pick trading Tom Cousineau led to them drafting Jim Kelly. Sure. I mean. But I don't know if should that count. Like, this this is kind of a, a loaded question. It could be a trick question. Because, you know, Bennett, people are saying, well, the Bills did not draft Bennett. In fact, they didn't trade for Cornelius Bennett until well into his rookie season. Sure. The thing is, he never played for Indianapolis because he refused to sign with them. They couldn't work out a deal. So he was a holdout who got traded. But the season was well underway. It was a deadline deal, in fact, when the Bills traded for Cornelius Bennett. Jerry Hughes was a straight-up player trade for Calvin Shepard. What a ripoff that was for the Bills yeah. in a good way. Um. So, yeah, you got those three. I don't know if Stefan... Is at this point better than the I would say would come Bennett definitely not I mean Bennett was a five time Pro Bowler man three time All Pro he was you know one of the better defensive players in the history of this franchise mm-hmm. for a long period of time so I don't know I guess it could come down to a preference if you consider Tom Cousineau a legit trade but I could be, use, I don't know I could be completely wrong in this I think I am uh, I should Google it or you could Google it was Ted Washington a trade. Like, didn't they give up a draft pick to get Ted Washington, or am I losing my mind? Uh, I'm going to have to look it up at some point. I, I, I don't remember how he arrived in Buffalo. Oh, man. Well, um, I he came he came from Denver. That yes. much I remember. 
Uh, no, he didn't. He wasn't a trade. He, he was, was a free agent. As a, he, okay, he was an unfree, unrestricted free agent. He okay. signed in February of 95. My know. apologies. Yeah, I think, yes, because I, I do, th- oh, gosh. I, I mean, if you do count the, co- the, the, the trade you mentioned that got us Jim Kelly, uh, I would probably say it might bypass Jerry Hughes' deal. But, like, again, Jerry Hughes is like, he's been here for a while. Diggs has been here. For a minute, but I also love offense way more than I love defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Diggs, Diggs is going to make the Pro Bowl at this rate. And Hughes, unfortunately, hasn't made the Pro Bowl. Stephon Diggs is leading the NFL in receptions and yards this year. So you look at all these great receivers, Hopkins and Devontae Adams and Julio Jones, all these big-name receivers. I mean, 10 games in and a lot could change. But Ooh. Stephon Diggs has outperformed all of them, man. Yeah. Did you, it's tough, but it's tough because I love Hughes. Did you mm. mention in the trades, and my apologies if I if you did, the McCoy and Kiko Alonso deal? Did not. That's another good one that deserves consideration. That They gave up Kiko, Kiko. And, a, what, and a pick, right? No, for, no. For LaShawn? It was, was just, just straight up. It was just straight up. And if you think about yeah. it, Kiko hasn't done – I mean, Kiko, I'm not going to pretend I've watched Kiko Alonso games. He seems to be like a journeyman going all over the freaking place. And and, yeah. and, and and McCoy gave you three really like great right. good years. Like he if it wasn't for McCoy, they don't make the they don't break the drought, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh but Yeah, based on our conversation, I think I'm being lean towards say a nay, but only because it's only been a little more than a half season. Like if we were to me and you were to talk about this two years from now, this might be number one, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to nay it for now because, and you know what? Here's the thing. If I'm correct, stop me if I'm wrong. The draft, maybe this shouldn't matter, but like, you kind of like to rip off other teams. Like the Bennett trade, if you remember, it did not work for the Colts. Like they got a bunch of garbage in that trade. And I think it was like the Colts and the Rams were involved with it and all their guys, their assets weren't very good. Calvin Shepard's not very good. Obviously, I don't know where he is these days. Mazatov to him, wherever he is. (laughs) And, he ain't uh, playing football. Yeah, he ain't playing football anymore. But in this in this trade, the Minnesota trade, they got the the one wide receiver. He escapes me his name. Who's really good? Correct. He's very good, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So I think I think it's a trade that worked for both teams. I yes. think Stephon Diggs makes his team better right now and probably for the future. They just got an he's got an incredible re- rapport with Josh Allen. But yeah, conversely, Justin Jefferson might not be as good as Diggs right now, but he's very good. And they got him on a rookie deal. So they got him for five years. At least three of them are going to be at a very cheap price. So, yeah, it's a legit, it worked out good for everyone deal. And by the way, you're mostly right. In the draft part, they got ripped off. I mean, the Colts ended up getting Eric Dickerson, but they got yeah, not his prime Eric yeah, Dickerson. Yeah, he was very he had, good. He, he, well, he had, well, had, had 3,000 yard seasons with Indy, but he was not really? the same running back that he was with the Rams. He was so always. With the Rams, he had, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I started watching football around '90, and I remember he was having issues with them in '90, and like they, they, he was very. Yeah, Eric, he fell off. He, he was well. Not only that, I think he, he was very temperamental, and he had issues with the Colts management. And the Colts management at that time, like Jim Irsay was the owner, and he was a dickhead, and you know they were having issues. But it wasn't, it wasn't as good. Like they gave up a lot for Dickerson. It's, it's crazy, man. When you think about like all the trades back in the day. Like, they do not compute very well today. Like, if you look at that Bennett trade, I don't think it goes through in today's NFL because you're giving up a – like, I I could be wrong. I I don't remember the assets. Like, the assets back then were different. Like, it's like with the – it's like with the Herschel Walker trade. You would never give up that many picks for a running back in in, in today's NFL. 
Like I said, I don't even think you would give up for like a quarterback maybe because they gave up like they gave up like eleven picks or something like that. Dallas when they uh, when they traded for Herschel Walker, something insanely insane like that when they traded him to to Minnesota. Yeah. So is this kind of interesting? Go ahead. I don't remember what the Bills, what the uh, other teams ended up giving up, but I know the Bills they gave up Greg Bell, who's a running back. And they gave up two first-round picks. Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, that's why. So the Bills did give up a lot. They gave up a lot to get that, and obviously it paid. It still paid off. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's one of those deals. Like if that happened today, and like you had to give up like, again, that's because assets are totally different now than then. I think it would have been like it would have been a, a very big topic on Twitter. I mean, people shitted on the Sammy Watkins trade because you were you were moving down five slots. In this case, the Bills give up. They get Bennett, and they give up a player, and then they give up two first-round picks or whatever, or two, whatever the heck they did. I think I think people would have had, like, a conniption fit on Twitter. Of course, they don't know. Like, I'm talking to this if that happened, like, now. Like, obviously, we know Bennett was great. But, yeah, the Bills didn't have a they, the Bills didn't have a first-round pick in, what, 88 and 89? You know, because it was Thurman Thomas was the second-rounder because they didn't have a first then. And then in 89 was Don Beebe, I think, and Beebe went in, like, the third round. Which is kind yeah, of, they 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 won in the third because they gave up their first and their second yeah. in '89 to get Bennett. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about the Colts. We're kind of going off here, but sure. once I get digging into something, I can't stop. Actually, the Colts didn't. They gave up a lot too. I mean, again, they got Eric Dickerson, who was good for three years with them anyway, and they gave up. Well, they gave up Bennett, which is the big deal. But they also gave up a one and two twos. The Rams kind of got the worst of it. I mean, they traded Dickerson, who was, again, probably at the time, the best running back in the NFL. And they got Greg Bell, who didn't do anything. And then I'm looking at, they got a bunch of picks, but they never did anything with them. Yeah. Cleveland Gary, Gaston Green, Fred Strickland, Aaron Cox. I mean, oh, man, the, I, Ram, the, Ram, I remember, the Rams lost. I remember, I remember Cleveland Gary. I love that name. That was like the best. He used to fumble all the time, too. But yeah, that was the best. <laughs> that was the best name, Cleveland Gary. But like, yeah. And, and, and I always remember with that trade when it happened, I think the Rams maybe made to the playoffs like once afterwards. And it was like 89. And then they stunk for like a better part of a decade. And the Colts yeah. were never really good. I don't, I don't think the Colts made the playoffs at all. From until like ninety, maybe ninety five, I think they made it. But like they were, they were like a laughing stock. Both teams were like a laughing stock for a good like five, six years after that deal went down. But yeah, it's a you know memories over there. Yeah, trades were so uh, they were so rare. Yeah, the Colts went into nineteen ninety five where they made it playoff. Yeah, and right, so let's wait, real quick. Well, I'm sorry, to, real quick. Like I think about like that deal. Like you know the Cleveland like. You know, the Rams and didn't get anything out of it. I, I think of the Sammy Watkins deal because while the Bills gave up a lot, like Cleveland didn't get anything out of it. Cleveland got a, a draft pick, that cornerback who's not even in the league anymore. And then I forgot they had another pick that's not doing anything either. So it was like, you know, the Bills got the better player who ended up playing longer and had a, has a career than, than the Cleveland did. Anyways, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of fans wish that the Bills didn't end up taking Watkins, but yeah, they actually got the better end of uh, of that trade. All right, sure. let's let's move on here. So here's the next statement. You're good with Sean McDermott saying that Mitch Morris not playing on Sunday was a football decision to give an appearance that maybe he was benched instead of saying he was active to play if needed, but wanted to give him an extra week. Basically what I'm saying is during his press conference on Monday, 
he was asked why because Mitch Morris dressed and he was active, but he didn't play. And rather than Sean McDermott saying we just wanted to play it safe, he was uh, an overabundance of caution. Which, by the way, I hate that phrase that's being said so much. So, but anyway, that's the truth. And instead, he said it was a football decision. He wanted to see the same five offensive linemen that were out there the week before. Like, yay or nay, that you're good with what Sean McDermott told the media on Monday. I'm still confused how you just put that. Did he? Is it? Is it official that he did let him sit because of concussions or no? And it's he just lied. The official, of, officially, well, see, that's the thing. Officially, Mitch Morse was active on Sunday, but he did not play. And on Monday's press conference, when asked about it, Sean McDermott said it was a football decision for Mitch Morse to not play, not a health risk yeah. decision. That's what he said on the record to the media anyway, saying that he wanted to have the same five offensive linemen as last week and see how they look together. So yeah, basically that's... without him saying I benched Mitch Morris, basically without saying that word for word, he was saying I benched Mitch Morris. Yeah, well, that's a, that's, yeah, that's a stupid nay. It's not even close. I, I, first off, I don't get why he had to be as weirdly worded as it is because, it, you know, and, and obviously there's something up. That's I mean, I'm assuming – you tell me, like, I, it feels like it's not, they didn't bench him because of a precaution. But if they did bench him for a precaution, they should have just fucking said it's a precaution. And I think that's, that's, yeah. that, that's just the issue I'm having right now. Like, is he, is he being cagey? And look, McDermott, you know this, he doesn't say shit. He is very, plays everything close to the vest. If it was up to him, we wouldn't have any media anywhere. And we would not, we would only see the bills on Sunday and that would be it. You know what I mean? So, for him to be as cagey as he is, uh, you know, I can't tell if this is just him, you know, being like, I don't want to tell people that he has concussions because, you know, that we're scared of it. Because what if a defensive lineman wants to go into a game and they're going to say, hey, let's let's really like punish, you know, Mitch Morris and send a bunch of blitzers up to his, up the middle and like freaking, you know, really ask right. them. But I don't get it. Like, I don't get why you would not want you know, him to play. I thought, I've, I've thought he's been playing pretty well. I mean, I'm not studying the tape, thank God, but like, I don't know. I, he yeah. has played well. He's played very well this year. I think my guess is this. My Here's my guess. I'm thinking that they didn't want to make him inactive because if they did that, I think it might've put more of a scare into, I don't think the team necessarily operates thinking of fans, but you start to worry about him. It's his fifth documented concussion. So if he's inactive after practicing during the week, you start that thought starts to creep in your head. I think McDermott kind of fumbled the press conference. Uh, I think they wanted to give him an extra week if possible. I think they made him active and I think he was healthy enough that he could play if he had to. But ideally with the bye coming up, let's give him the extra week. The, the team scored 44 points the week before without him for the most part. And uh, not for the most part, they did score 44 points without him. I don't think it's a big deal in the locker room. I think they said, hey, we're going to sit you for another week unless you have to play. Like if Feliciano goes down or something and he has to play, then he probably would have played. So it wasn't a big deal in the locker room. It wasn't a big deal to him. I just think it didn't play well with meeting the fans the way McDermott said it. But that's my thought. I think that they should, they, 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 didn't, they didn't make him inactive because it might have raised some eyebrows around the league. And uh, I think they just didn't play him because they just wanted, with the bye coming up, like, like he said, again, I keep using that word, an overabundance of caution. But the weird thing is, I kind of felt like that's what they should have done or they were going to do with John Brown, mm-hmm. who's had a lingering leg thing with the bye coming up. 
but he ended up playing and playing a pretty significant role. I don't know. It just, Look, I think it's one of those cases where McDermott just didn't do a very good job of, I don't know, intentionally lying. Or so just, you think they're you know, just resting. So my apologies, Pat, because yes. my boss was texting me. So like the first 20 seconds of your explanation, <laughs> I was not listening to. Sorry. So you're saying you think that they, they're just holding him out because of a precaution. Yeah. Just to get him healthier. Just they had him active. And if he, if he had to play, like if Feliciano went down, <clears throat> he would, I think he sure. could have played. But I said, I think they, I think that they said, well, if we don't need to play you, let's just not get you banged up. Let's just get you even healthier mm-hmm. for this week with the bye week coming up. Eh, anyway, not that big of a deal. Hopefully it'll be a big deal. If Mitch Morse isn't playing next week and it is a football move, it's not a football it's move. Just it's, a probably, fun, it's just he's a, the best lineman on this team right now. Look, There's it's no just, way it's a football move. Yeah, is if it's not a football move, it's still stupid. Okay, because it's like just tell the truth. Like, hey, we wanted to keep him out for another week, and that's it. I don't know how you like you wouldn't got like how they get in trouble for that. And it's just it's just dumb. I don't know. And like, right. this isn't the first time McDermott has been weird when it comes to like talking to the press and not wanting things to get out and like, uh, you know, I've heard things about him and how he, and how he is kind of with like media people behind the scenes sometimes when it comes to like, fu- like looking at practices and all this shit, you know, yeah, but, I well, you. but whatever, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think the thing like I'm worried about with it is like the Quentin Spain thing. Like they got rid of him and I didn't see any reason why they had to get rid of him. So I, at times I have no idea what they're thinking with this offensive line rotation. So, uh, you know, I'm just here so I don't get fined, basically, when it comes to their, <laughs> their weirdness with that. Anyways. All right, let's move on to a couple. Uh, these should be pretty quick ones here. Rookie kicker Tyler Bass needs to be 100% back in the full graces of Bills fans, in the circle of trust, yay or nay? Nay. Really? Yeah, because, dude, it's a kicker. All he needs is one or two more bad games, and it's and he's not, and he's he's out. That's it. That's the life of a kicker. That's just how it is. Yeah. He's been good. I mean, yeah, he's been kicking field goals, but like he's he struggled at the start of the year. You know, I don't. I don't think uh, you. I I think a little bit at times. Since Scott Norwood missed that kick, we have been a little bit spoiled when it comes to special teams or special teams players like kickers, punters. You know, you have. Chris Moore was there for like eight years. Then Steve Christie was there for eight years. Then you had Lindell and Mormon there forever. And then after, you know, it's kind of like you have like a good like 20 years right there of like this four different guys, you know, two different guys, two different positions, whatever. And I think at times you kind of have this like you you get used to those people and you need a little bit more proof. And then like, you know, for those guys to for special teams and for kickers to, to look good and you feel good about them. It went pretty quick for Dan Carpenter to be like the great, like an awesome kicker. What was it in 2014 to be a disaster under Rex where everyone was done with him. So I, I think kickers and like fans like not like it. I, I just feel that kickers can get that way. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say nay for now. I'm going to say yay because dude made 54, 55 and 58 yard kicks. And I think he, he obviously looked shaky early on this season, but you know, at least two of those kicks were on Bohorquez. They were bad holds, some rookie nerves, I'm sure. Plus, no preseason to work out any of those nerves and kinks. I think for especially for a rookie, that's a big deal. Now, I'll preface this. I'll say this. There's not a lot of good kickers in the NFL Barry right now. Kicking seems to be really shaky for the most part all over. So I don't know that I fully trust any kicker right now, except for maybe Tucker from Baltimore. But aside from that, but I don't know. 
early in the year, I was closing my eyes. I was cringing like the, the muscles in my upper back and my neck were getting really tight whenever Tyler Bass came in to kick, even the extra points. But I don't know. Something Sunday clicked in my mind where I'm like, he's going to make these kicks, man. And I felt good about it. So how about this one? Next one. Same question, but with AJ Klein. Oh, God, no. Nah. Really? Hey, come on. It's two fucking Dude, games. You're, you're hating, bro. On AJ Klein, who was a disaster the first 10 games? Come on. Come yeah, on. Yeah, but he's been, he's been arguably the Bills' second best defensive player after Jerry Hughes these last two games. What do you now. think? What do you think? I'm Aaron Quinn? No. Like, get out of here with that. Nay. <laughs> hey, the fuck? I, you I, I mean, we're, look, I'll just say this. As, let me go back to Tyler Bassett because we're taking forever. I do feel like he has turned the corner. Now, when you poison in terms of graces and Bills fans, like the projective fan base, no, I don't think that at all. You know, because they're, they're, it's temperamental. It's a kicker. It's like, do your fucking job or else. AJ Klein, uh, you know, no, I, I think like for me personally, no, he's not. You know, he's had a couple of good games. So, like, I, I'm still not, I'm still not sold on him. We'll see. All right. Happens. Well, I, I put it this way. I, I, I feel like with AJ Klein, I feel like he went from being the biggest problem on this defense to among the least of the problems on the Bills. Defense, oh my god, still it's two played. weeks, dude. Why you? I don't care. Why don't you sleep? I've enjoyed it. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> All right, let's switch. Let's get away from the Bills. I got one Sabres thing for you. Here's a statement. The new Buffalo Sabres retro jersey is sweet. Nay. I agree. I don't I say nay, too. I, I'm, 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 look, I feel weird saying this about this because I don't buy jerseys really, and I'm not, I don't plan on buying a hockey jersey anymore. And not, it's just like, it's just too expensive. It's like $270 fucking dollars. Like, get out of here. I'm, when am I going to, when am I going to wear it? You know, um, but red and black, man, I wanted red and black, you know, when it came to the color, if you're going to do that jersey, do the red and black. I I don't need everything to be blue and gold right now. Glad I went back to the royal blue. Great, sweet, Mazatov. But to, to just ignore the red and black, which was a really fun era of like Sabres hockey, the most successful era in history, to be honest with you, and just be like, yeah, we, we want to do uh, blue and gold. Doesn't feel it. Just, it doesn't do it for me. I think, I think the Jersey's average to me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, and I don't really have like a strong take. I semi disagree. Like I kind of like the white and the colorization of that slug that was running black on there a little, a little bit. I don't love it, but I'm all right with it. I'm not a big fan of that. Like Buffalo that's running across the bottom front part with the with the colors on the bottom i think that looks pretty whack you, you mentioned the price i gotta shout out my friend megan actually i don't know if this is a good or a bad shout out but two she put it up on her on her social media too the 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 jersey order so 283 dollars do you wonder you know what a fan you got to be to spend 283 dollars on a on a jersey that you put over your body especially when it's a buffalo sabers jersey you care about the team that much spend 283 dollars on a jersey. I don't know if that's I don't know if you're like a fanatic or if you're insane. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Now again, I like you, I don't I don't buy jerseys. I don't wear jerseys. But even if I did, I could think of a lot better things to spend two hundred eighty three dollars on. Even if it was a jersey, I should say, more than a than a retro Buffalo Sabres jersey that'll probably never be worn again after this season anyway. Yeah, that's uh it's just too expensive. And look, I did buy jerseys. I've had my like 
run with them. It's kind of like a, I always get into this, these grooves where I'm like, oh, I want to buy a bunch of jerseys. Like I went through that where I bought a bunch of jerseys for both teams from probably like 04, 2004 to like 2014. I just bought a bunch and then I kind of got out of it. But part of the reason why I got out of it was like the price is too freaking ridiculous. And I don't, yeah. I, I found it that I wasn't wearing them all that often. Like I would wear it to a sports bar. Like I'm going to go what like 16 times a year and wear it. Like what the hell am I going to wear it? You know, <laughs> I got, I, I, I got, I could give it to I, my girlfriend as a, as a nightgown if she wants it when she comes over here, but that's it. I got two Buffalo Bills jerseys in my closet. One oh, of them God. is a Josh Allen jersey, which I didn't buy. My oh. daughter gave it to me. Well, my daughter gave it to me as a Christmas gift last year. So cool for her. And then the other jersey I got is actually a Dante Whitner blue Buffalo Bills jersey. And I got that as a gag gift when I moved to Florida. We had a going away party. I think this was back in 2016. And one of my buddies thought it would be funny to go out in eBay or whatever and get me a, a Dante he would have kicked, kicked your ass anyway. Go on. <laughs> By the way, 283, how many craft beers, how many high-carb, high-calorie craft beers could you buy for $283 spent for a Buffalo Sabres retro jersey? I mean, for a four-pack, you could get them probably for 20 bucks. So do the math, 25 almost like 15 I could have got probably. But Yeah, fuck that shit. I get a 12-pack yeah. of Bush Light is like 9 bucks, man, after taxes. And yeah, shit. yeah. <laughs> Let me throw a wrestle one at you here, man. We don't talk wrestling much anymore. Thank God. The Shield, no, go the Shield made its WWE debut eight years ago. They're the best WWE stable ever. Mm. Another tough one. How are we? Are we just saying that as like what, how good they did for business together, all three of them? Or yeah, just the business no, aspect, the create no. the creative aspect of it. No. I'm going to say no, D- you say no, me. no, DX. I mean, when you think about it, when the shield was on top, they were, not, when they were together, it wasn't like they were on the top of the pay-per-view landscape. All three did great individually for the most part, but together they were like always a kind of like that, that near the top of the main event, but they weren't, they weren't at the top. They weren't DX where DX was like main event in pay-per-views. And like, you know, you had Sean, you had Hunter, they were a part of that. They, they, you know, the on, on on their own, they're really good. Like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, main, main event WrestleManias, and all that sort of stuff. But no, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say nay. I think, I think DX and Evolution are ahead of them. I, you know, this is not probably a popular opinion among wrestling fans, but I never, and it's not that they weren't good. It's just my personal opinion. I never really loved DX that much. Didn't love Nexus either. Well, um, I, I loved. I love the Nation of Domination. I love the Heart Foundation. I love the Corporation. At one time, I thought there was a good combination of some good talent and also silly people like Patterson and Briscoe in there. They were great too. But I would say nay, and the reason why is I would say Evolution to me is, is the best. Mm-hmm. You got those four guys, four Hall of Famers. Um, Ric Flair was still doing a lot more at that time. Randy Orton and Batista were still on the come up at the time, and Triple H was on top of the wrestling world that was a great frat a great faction it was a great uh so entertaining it was fun so yeah man i, I think i would go with uh evolutionary over the shield okay. uh, a couple more i got for you man he died last week so i want to bring him up alex trebek is he or here's the statement alex trebek recently passed is the goat when it comes to tv game show host i'm gonna say nay i, I gotta go with bob barker 
we're not agreeing on a lot of these. That's Dude, fair. I say, yeah. I say yay. You know, look, here's my thing. And rest in peace, Mr. Trebek. I never really was a big Jeopardy guy. Uh, I loved The Price is Right as a kid. I used to watch it all the time in the morning. And, you know, if it was like the summer or between holidays for away from school. And I don't know. I thought Bob Barker was funny. He was witty. And like, I don't know. He's like, and the show was funner to me. Like, that's that's why. Trebek. All Trebek does is he, he, no offense to him and to our Jeopardy audience over here, he just, he read questions. That's what he did. You know, that's, and, and you know, not to be smirch him, he was good. He's, but like, I don't know, I felt Bob Barker was better because, probably because I liked the show better. And Bob Barker was at least the raw GM for one night. Alex Trebek wasn't. I remember that. I, he and, got and, into it with Chris Jericho. And that, and that was, was awesome. That was awesome. That would have been like the top 10, like top 15 raw moments ever was was him getting into it with 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 chris jericho and then do it i may watch that after we're done talking on this podcast because it was so good <laughs> i i'm gonna say yay i i think i agree bob barker and and also pat sajak they're like equally famous i just happen to like alex more I liked his uh personality i also loved regis when he was on millionaire and uh i don't know if you remember this it was on me well not just younger because he was on for a while but richard dawson the Family Feud's always been around. It still is. But when Richard Dawson was, uh, it's kind of a pig, man, a sexist. It was actually, back in the days where being like that would actually sort of be funny anyway. I know it sounds really fucked up to say in this world now. But uh, anyway, I like Richard Dawson. But yeah, I'm going to go Alex Trebek. He gets a yay from me. All right. All right a couple more here. Now, unfortunately, you got to kind of, you know, it's going to take a little more of a serious tone here. And speaking of tone, Andrew Cuomo's tone in his press conference on Wednesday was acceptable. Yay or nay? Like you're good with the way his tone was during his press conference, talking about Western New York, of course, on Wednesday. Uh, yay. I'm going to say yay. And I, it's a tough <laughs> one. I know like, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I there's, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how, I really don't know how I feel about Cuomo. Like some moments I like them, some some moments I don't. You know, I think I you know I think sometimes with the restaurants he hasn't really done well. But look, the outbreak there's an outbreak happening in Buffalo right now. I mean it's it's they've doubled cases in the last week. Yeah, big okay, time, big time. And he probably knows, and maybe part of this could be his his ego a little bit here that he's not well-liked in, in downstate in or uh, whatever, upstate, excuse me. I was getting mixed up. But, like, he's not well-liked in, like, Niagara County, Erie County. So he's probably like, you know, well, I'm going to really give it to you, you know, because I know you don't really like me. You've been, you know, you've been complaining about me forever. And I, I think part of that maybe was that. But, like, you know, people, it's just the cases are going up. And he has to be a bit of a dick. Now, I understand if if, if you disagree with that because he's playing into, like, other, like, you know, well, I'm sure, like, and I got this, like, oh, well, Trump is, like, he's an asshole. So you're fine with, with but you're not fine with Cuomo being an asshole. And it's like, well, he's an asshole when he has to be an asshole. And he doesn't lie every freaking day. So, yeah, his tone was pretty demeaning a little bit, but... You know, like get your shit in order, man. Like the the cases are going up, and I and I I said this on Twitter yesterday, and I'm sorry to take your steam, but you know, you and I both still have connections and roots there, and I you know, and I've seen what people have posted. People I know 
Like not just some asshole like Jason five three three two one at Bills Mafia on Twitter, but people that I know in Buffalo not take this seriously. And I've seen them on Facebook posts. People I know. And like I compare that to here, like the the people that I'm friends with in New York City where we fucking take this very seriously. You know what I mean? And that shit could come in and, and wipe you out like pretty easily. I know like, you know, one percent of people have died. Whatever. That's two hundred fifty thousand people have died from this, and I know people that still have that still have side effects from this. I interviewed a guy yesterday, Pat, who was in LA, mid forties, got COVID. He was a police officer, and he got COVID in July, and he just started tasting last week, where he could taste, you know, foods or whatever. I, you know, like, you know, just like I don't know what to tell you, people. Like, yeah, he was a bit of a dick, but, like, it's been nine fucking months. And, like, if people still don't get it, and and people, and I've I've seen people say that they've gone to, my sister, she's, like, my ears in Buffalo, because she's there. She lives in the suburbs, which I'm, which are very, primarily tend to be more not, not for Cuomo. She tells me, like, what her, like, people, like, friends are saying about this, and they they don't believe it. They are, are, like, being crazy about this. So yeah, he. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say yay. I understand though the other side of it way more than I understand people liking AJ Klein now, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my take. Go ahead. All right. Well, look, I, I tweeted this, and uh, and I'm going to stand by what I said. I I feel like he was kind of a douche on Wednesday, and I I felt like it felt unnecessary to me. But that said, I do respect the message and I accept the message. And it's easy for me to say that because I'm not there. Okay. Same I don't got to deal with a lot of the shit. Well, yeah, but you got different, like, see, this is where I'm so torn about everything. All right. Because I'm a lifelong Buffalonian. I love Western New York. I am homesick. I've said that many times and it's not a secret that very likely sometime in the next six to eight months, I'm going to be back. But anyway, that aside right now I am in Florida and the world is different in Florida than it is in Buffalo. I'm not going to retell the story I just talked about on Tuesday's podcast, but the short version is just this Friday or last Thursday, I went to a bar, an outdoor bar, off the water, wore a mask in a place where pretty much nobody had a mask. I took it off when I sit down with the people that I was with, but I put it on to go to the bar or to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, some trashy dude who you could just tell, just you could just tell. He, he walked past me and he goes, fucking pussy to me. He called me a fucking pussy because I had a mask on. It's just the world down here. There is no lockdowns. There's no nothing. You can go to any bar you want. The bar's packed. Nobody's wearing a mask. You can go to uh, any restaurant you want. You can play sports. My wife plays softball, volleyball. She does all kinds of shit. And there's tons of people around. Um, people wear masks in the stores for the most part. But you could see a little bit less and less and less. COVID has been essentially dead in Florida pretty much since July. Like I said, school's on, sports is on, my kid plays high school football. I'm very blessed and I'm not complaining. I get to go watch him play. Four or 500 people are in those stands. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. I can't relate to what's going on in New York other than the first month or so of COVID where everybody was in lockdown. You know what I'm saying? So I have to be careful with how I say it, but I understand Cuomo's message you hit on it, and people don't want to accept it, but it's the truth. The rate is going up, and it's getting worse. The second wave is here. 
It's starting to feel to me like kind of like last March where we were like, I don't think we had any idea at the time when we would talk early on how bad this was going to get. And I feel like we're approaching that again, where the cases just keep going up. The deaths are going up. People now, as opposed to March, are more frustrated. They're sick of it. And I and this is see, and this is where I'm uh, when I say I'm torn because like me and you are on the same team and I, and my buddy Tone Bucks, I'm the same way with him that I am with you. We unite when it comes to how we feel about Donald Trump. We hate Donald Trump, okay? Where I'm different is I believe in a lot of what Donald Trump, and I know this is not some, most, some people want to hear, but what, a lot of what he has said during his campaign, I believe in. Not for the right reasons. I do think the country should be open to an extent. I think masks should be mandatory. I don't even think it should be an option. I think it should be mandatory. But I don't believe in shutting everything down. These gyms, these nail salons, bowling alleys, stuff like that. Because I think in many cases, people are losing their jobs. They're not going to recover from it, man. They're just not. You know, we've only gotten one small stimulus since all this happened. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of going around in circles here, Joe. But my point is, I don't like the tone, but I do accept it. I know a lot of people in Buffalo are losing their minds and I can't relate to that because they're frustrated and they want to get out and they want to do shit. But at the same token, you're not listening. And this is the consequence of not listening. So although Cuomo's tone was kind of fucked up, I think his message was dead on accurate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this with 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 having the work versus the stimulus thing. I mean, that's that's different. That's two different things in comparison to Cuomo, because I'm sure Cuomo would love to pass a stimulus package like through the federal government that we can all get extra money like sure. happened in March. That's not happening at all. And it's not his fault. It's fucking Mitch McConnell's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's the Republicans fault because they don't want to. Give us money or whatever. They they want to keep going with the economy, blah, 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 blah. You know, and that's why I think, you know, part of it is, is that people are working and that's why people are getting sick because things are open again, you know, relatively speaking, like, you know, it, they, they've been open and it's, and it's winter, it's fall, whatever. Like that's when people get sick more. Uh, but you know that's why I think there there's there's cases going up there, and obviously you yes you do have your du- your fucking douchebag who wants to not wear a mask at a bar and and that. But I also think people are are getting together and hanging out at houses, and like that's how you you can easily get it. You know what I mean? And like and that's I've you, done it. Yeah, and that's and that's where you get the whole like you you get the people who are like oh they can't tell me what to do cuz like a business can tell you what to do a business can say fuck you wear a mask and that's it but obviously your homestead you could do what you probably could do whatever you want but i think that's where people are getting sick it's because of that with dining like with having people come over so well, I, let me ask you this question joe if i could put you on the other like i always feel like at least i attempt to i'm not always successful at it but if I'm going to debate somebody, not that mean you are debating, because I think for the most part, we agree on most shit. But if, if you're going to make an argument, look at the other side of it. Okay. Now, if you were, if I were to tell you this, the it's 99% and whatever survival rate, I personally, and I've, I've, I'm, you know, this is not breaking news because I've talked about it on the podcast. So I don't feel like I'm infiltrating on anyone's privacy. My wife had COVID seven people that I personally know very well, including my nephew and two of my best friends down here in Florida had COVID. None of them lasted more than 48 to 72 hours before they were perfectly fine. Again, 99% of people are recovering fine. 
it's tough. Again, I'm being careful because it's tough. I don't want to be ignorant to 230. You know, I got a good podcaster buddy whose father died from COVID, man. So, you know, I'm trying to be very respectful in both ways here. But anyway, the mindset, if, if you look at it from the mindset of 99% of people or more who are getting this are perfectly fine. Some don't even have any symptoms. Things should be open. And if I want to go to a bar, I should be able to go to a bar. And I, I know that's kind of a, a luxury thing to say, and that's probably not a good example of a bar. It's pretty stupid, actually. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you put yourself on that side of the fence, are you able to put yourself on that side of the fence? That's what I'm kind of asking. Yeah, because look, it's all about, it's not just about living or dying. Okay. It's about other things. It's about like medical bills. I mean, I'm glad, like, obviously for you and your family, it was a mild case of it. I'm talking about like having to go to like, I just told you, I talked to a guy yesterday who couldn't, who couldn't taste anything for, for five months. There's a right. girl on Saber's Twitter that I follow. I think I forgot her name, but like it's Saber's Deline Bunny. I don't know. No, I, I, I forgot. But like she tweeted something last, like two weeks ago, man, where she got COVID like in the summer or something like that. And her legs to this day are black and blue because of COVID. Like she's not yeah. dead, but she's got black and blue fucking legs, you know? And that's the thing. Like it's just tell me what the statistics are for people who still have symptoms after the fact, or tell me what the statistics are for people, how much they have to spend on medical bills to go to the hospital. Don't just, don't say life or death. Like that's well, that's how we can, we can wipe our hands with it. There is no other disease. Like, do you, does that mean like with, if with cancer, like, you know, I'm sure when people get cancer, like, okay, yeah, they, they recover. Like there's a good, there's probably a, I don't know. There's a, there's a number of like how many people die from it and those who survive it. Does that mean it's, it's probably, it's, it's probably, it's obviously probably maybe it's at 98%. I don't fucking know, but like, you don't, you don't all of a sudden just say, well, Hey, we, we can't, well, Hey, most people don't die from it. So let's not, let's not try to stop it or let's try to I cure agree. it. Like it's still a cure. It's still something that you have to do. And look, I don't, my, my idea is this. Okay. I'll just tell everyone this. I think the government there's enough money in the government that goes to so many stupid fucking things we don't need. We do not need Space Force, a thing that's costing like $2 trillion so we can go to fucking Mars and Donald Trump can like show his dick on the fucking planet and like be like, ah, oh, look at me. I'm like Reagan because Reagan went to outer space. We don't need half of that shit. That shit could go right to us, right to American people and go, hey. We need you to stay home, or we 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 know you're working and that you're you're getting this, and like you know, here's some extra money so you don't have to work as much for it, okay? And if anyone wants to say that's a handout, you know, fuck you, okay? We we've our all of our fucking taxes collectively, we've all been paying taxes forever, and like it, the way that the taxes are fo- like going in this country is a joke, and like you can pay for this, you can like give people extra money, and that's why you know I I, I will find some common ground a little bit, not really common ground, but I understand if people are getting it while in Buffalo because they're working because like, what's the alternative? Cause like they're not getting, they're not getting another stimulus package right now. They haven't gotten one at all since fucking uh, since September when they gave extra, they gave like, I think 200 extra fucking dollars to people who are unemployed, you know? So it's just, it's just, it's all fucking, it's just ridiculous. Like, like I said, I understand like people are tired of it. I'm tired of it too. But like the the innocuous small things like, you know, wear a freaking mask, social distance, 
I, I know it sucks not to go out. You know, I, I trust me, dude. I, I miss sitting at a tavern and a pub and drinking a beer and talking to the bartender. Well, to play to play devil's advocate to you, Joe, if masks are as effective as almost every expert says, and again, I'm not taking the stance. I'm just kind of being uh, objective about it. If masks are that effective, then why are more things not open? Like for an example, I mean, I don't get my hair did up or anything like that, but if I did, why does my local little barber got to be shut down? Why can't I go? He has a mask on. I have a mask. Why can't I go get a haircut at his place? Wait, repeat that, buddy. Sorry, you broke up a little bit. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Well, what I was saying is this. Masks are supposedly, and I, I agree with it for the record. I've already made my strong stance on masks that they should be mandatory. But if people are wearing a mask, why is the barbershop closed where I can't wear my mask to go get a haircut and the barber you know, who puts a mask on and he cuts my hair. Why is, why do those places have to be shut down or nails? Like if I were to go get my nails did or go get a pedicure at a place, I'm socially distanced. I got a mask on. Well, the person I, has a mask on. I, I why are, why won't those places open? Because I think you can, you're not next to a person doing your nails that you don't know for X amount of time. And you're not next to the barber X amount of times for 20 minutes. Whereas if you're in a restaurant, you got the waiter comes over for freaking 30 seconds. What do you want? Here it is. And then you bounce. That's it. I think that's the difference. Like, it's uh, all. I, I, so, I mean, well, what, let I, me ask I, you I this. Why would, why would Cuomo or anyone want to shut that? Like, does he have a hard on against the barber shops? No, I I agree with that. Some people, I know there's conspiracy theorists out there. Everyone says, and I mean, to some extent, there is some validity on both sides for the record, where Democrats want to shut shit down to make the Republicans look bad before the election or vice versa. The Republicans want to keep everything open, even though they know it's going to pay heavy consequence because it is an election year. I don't, I never bought either of that for the most part. I mean, I, didn't. I don't think Cuomo. I don't think Cuomo wants to screw over the small business owners of New York State and put them under for good and close their businesses down and never open up again because they couldn't survive the twelve to eighteen months where mm-hmm. they had to close their doors. I don't think that's Cuomo's desire. I mean, what does he get out of that? You know. So yeah, I, I, agree I, with you. I think at the end of the day, Pat, I don't think anyone. I don't knows what the fuck they're doing kind of. And like, maybe in a way, like I think he's trying, whereas the idiot in the white house doesn't give a shit. And he's the idiot just wants to like, just it's like, ah, like open everything up. Like he just wants to, he only cares about his stupid base, which is stupid, you know, but yeah, I I think I I just think, look, I, I, it's going to, it's going to be a shitty winner. And I feel like we, you and I, and everyone that's listening to this podcast, you got a brace for it, man. Like we're COVID ain't, ain't dead yet. And it's, no, it's, I, I it, completely agree. It sucks. And, but like, you gotta have to, we've gone, think of like the other side, Pat, we have gone from where, Oh, it's just the flu to Holy shit. It's not just the flu. And, it, and to like Fauci saying it's coming back in the fall. Like he said this in the summer, you know, and everything his prediction predictions have been correct. You know, where this isn't the flu. Like, so uh, you, sooner or later, the naysayers need to, like, get their heads out of their asses and, like, just realize that this is this is legit. And, again, look, what do you lose? Like, okay, so you can't go to, a, you know, I like drinking. You like it drinking, too. Like, you can't go to a bar once a week or twice a week. I mean, 
will live. And especially these people, Pat, like, uh, you know, if they're, if we're going to, we're going to toe the line of Republican versus Democrat, Republicans always are all about like the, the military and the flag and the history of this country fighting for, for fucking democracy. They, and they'll talk about how these, you know, these soldiers died for us to be free. Right. And these, and they, they, they risked it. And you can't even handle having to wear a mask in a freaking grocery store. But like the people you idolize, they can go to they can go to war and die, but you can't freaking handle wearing a mask. Yeah, I agree. And that, listen, that's where I draw the line. Again, I don't want to be hypocritical because my again, I'm going to keep going back to the same thing over and over. There's high school football down here, and there's fans allowed in New York. You can't do that. I'm very happy and I'm very grateful. I will go to a game. I will go watch my wife play volleyball with a bunch of people hanging out. I will go to a a couple houses. You know, I went to an outdoor bar. I just told you, I got called a fucking pussy in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I went to an outdoor bar with plenty of people. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. But yeah, that's the one thing where I draw the line. There shouldn't be a debate about masks. Masks need to be mandatory right now. Because yeah, it's not about liberty and it's not about personal freedom and all that stuff. It's about protecting, you know, your fellow Americans. That is patriotic. It's community over convenience and that's what it is and that's where i draw the line where there's people who just fucking won't wear a mask because they want to be defiant it's macho and all that other stupid shit yeah, anyway it's I, just stupid it's just it's just dumb like just wear a mask you know social it's just like just read the facts man just read vaccines, how many vaccines are coming are soon hopefully yeah hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully vaccines come soon man yes hopefully it'll be back by next the vaccines will be here next year but like again, just read the facts. Just read how many cases are happening. Listen to people. I, I, I'm telling you, people, that this isn't like I've never in my life, Pat, have known anyone who's had the flu. Like maybe they have. I just don't remember that has died from the flu or had the flu. I have known people that have had COVID, been affected by it, died from it. Like read the fucking facts, man. Like that's yeah. it. Like it's not hard. Like just. Just no conspiracy theory, theory from the Democrats or from the medical people to like stop this. Like, what are they doing? Like, they won the which we're about to get into. They won the election. So don't you? They, all these idiots who are like, well, once they win the election, fucking COVID's gonna be gone. It's not gone. What the fuck? Yeah. You know. Anyways, go ahead. Next thing. I can't. Well, wait, I can't well, wait I for just, this one. I go just ahead. wanted to add that again. I try to see both sides of the fence whether people want things open, whether they think it's safer to keep it closed. I, I try to understand and respect both sides of it, but where I don't, where I draw the line again is masks. There's no reason on either side of the fence, whether you want things open, whether you want to be safe or not, wear a fucking mask. End of story. Anyway. And I'll say this right, real quick. One, then, one more thing. In Florida, I'll give you, you assholes, some little, little rope to hang yourself with. It's out. You could, if you're outside in Florida, like fine. Like that's what they've allegedly have said, you know, and that's where it's going to get tough in New York. Because what are you gonna do outside? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be outside in a fucking bubble or next to a heating lamp, freezing your ass off, probably. So yeah, I, I wear a mask if you're near wear anybody. Mask. Wear a mask. Yes, and, yes. A and a story. Go, go and ahead. a story. Go ahead. Last one here, and I, I'm gonna regret. This is just giving you an invitation, oh, y'all. But anyway, I'm gonna say it anyway. So last topic here: Americans who voted for Biden and saw him declared the winner of the election should be nervous about him actually becoming president. Come. January 20th. Nay. Yay or nay? Nay. Nay. I'm not worried. I, I'm annoyed, but I'm not worried. I feel like if you, I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I feel like 
a U.S. Marshal is going to come into the White House and arrest Donald Trump's ass if he's not out of there by uh, January 20th. That's I how- am worried. Really? I- I'm not worried. Yeah, I- 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 I'm worried. That's a nay for me. I am worried. Not any one specific reason. I don't think anything. I don't know what it is, but just the way this year has gone, the way everything's gone, he lost. But somehow, some way, I've always been concerned that somehow this gets to some kind of Supreme Court. Somehow, some way, I don't know how I'm no fucking legal expert whatsoever, but through hook or crook, I could see it happening. And I hope not, because I'm telling you now, it's going to be a goddamn civil war. Yeah. Joe, Donald Trump is still in power on January 21st. It's going to be uglier than it's ever been in this country. And that's not even me being a Donald Trump hater, which I am. And I've said that and I'm open about it, but it's just for the betterment of the country. It's got to happen. He lost by five and a half million. I don't want to hear of this or you know what show where is evidence of widespread election fraud. There's not. I see that. Yeah. So I shouldn't be worried. So you should be right. And I should be wrong, but it's just Donald Trump and it's 2020 and the Supreme, I'm just scared. So I am still a little bit worried. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not going to get that far. If anything, it's just going to be uh, whatever. Look, it's still November. Like I'll panic in like January when like there's no nothing going on. But like these, it's all bullshit. Like that's all it is. Like you know, and obviously the Republicans are enablers because they're not telling him what you know. They're like, oh yeah, we got to count every vote, and they're trying to get a reverse. Like Lindsey Graham's trying to call places. It's just absurd. I mean. I think all of us, a lot of us called it before, like this was going to happen. You know, like he was like, he's not going to leave. He's going to fucking lie. So everything about this race has went how I predicted it, including the way the only thing I've gotten wrong, honest to God, not to pat myself on the back, which I totally am. The morning of the election, I put up a electoral map on Facebook. I predicted that Biden was going to win Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The only thing I got wrong was Georgia. So I predicted this. I predicted Trump would be ahead on election night. The mail-in votes would sway it. Trump's going to lose his shit, not accept losing. Everything's happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a little bit worried about uh, the end game. You know what? I lied. I got one more topic here for you. Oh, God. This is how we're going to end it. Wait, I'm not, I'm not done with my Trump thing. One, oh, actually, no, keep going. We're, we're already like an hour and a half in. We, 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 yeah, we got to be done because if I get you going on Trump, it'll be two and a half hours. Just, I'm not worried. I'm not worried, everyone. I'm annoyed, but I'm not worried. He's going to leave and I'm going to mute Trump forever. And if I go past one of his hotels, I'm going to take a piss on it. Go ahead. <laughs> Last, we got to end on a little bit later. Now, last topic here. Our boy Joe from New York City is whooped. Oh, God. You're such a douche. <laughs> I'm not whooped. How is it? Because I have to go to my girlfriend's house, which we're running Yeah, because now you all of a sudden you got taping times with me. I used to be able to say, yo, Joe, let's do it. Can you tape with me tonight? Let's do a podcast. And it was always, all right, well, now it's, well, I got to go to my girl's house. I didn't sound like that at all, you douche. I was just like, hey, I'm going at eight. I have plans, okay? Like, that's it. Like, it wasn't... If you had said, oh, hey, we got to do it at 7.30, I probably would have said maybe, yes. I would have said yes, but we would have... I would definitely have been like, yay, yay, nay, nay, yay, nay. Like, really quick, I got the fuck out of here in in 20 minutes. So, girl girl before podcast, what you're saying. Uh, yes, yes. I, 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 girls before the podcast, Pat. Jesus Christ, I take the I take the fish over the podcast. You think I care about you? No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Pat. Thank you again for having me.
right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Very big thank you again, Joe, at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. Make sure you're following him on there. If you think he's explosive on this podcast, you need to hear him or see him, I should say, on Twitter. Big thank you to all of you as well for listening. A couple new shows coming up next week, which, by the way, I got a former Buffalo Bills first rounder on the podcast next week. Somebody who never does podcasts. It's going to be somebody that you probably have not heard from in a very long time. So be on the lookout for that next week. Again, big thank you to everybody out there as always for listening. I know there's so many good podcasts out there. So when you're locked into this one, it really means a lot to me and I don't take it lightly. So thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Wear a fucking mask and we'll be back. Brand new show on Tuesday. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.